I'm jumping in with a quick message that I've added to all HR Coffee Time episodes to let you know that my group programme, Inspiring HR, is back. In case you haven't heard of it before, it's an intensive six-week programme for mid and senior level HR and people professionals. So if you're an HR business partner, HR manager, head of HR or HR director, or the people equivalent, so a people business partner, people manager, head of people or people director, and you'd like to build your confidence, your credibility and your impact at work, Inspiring HR could be perfect for you. We get started on Wednesday the 5th of June 2024 when we'll be meeting up over Zoom for two hours every week. The group sessions are a blend of group coaching, training and facilitation. They're supportive, encouraging and practical and each week has a slightly different focus. So in week one, we look at setting yourself up for success. Week two is about boosting your confidence. Week three focuses on being strategic in your role. Week four is all about building key relationships. Week five takes a deep dive into influencing at a senior level and the final week looks at planning for the future. There's a link with the full details in the show notes for you or you can learn more by going to my website, Bright Sky Career Coaching, clicking on services and then clicking on Inspiring HR Group Programme. I would love to have you join us and to get to know you throughout the programme. But if you have any questions about Inspiring HR at all, please feel free to ask by getting in touch through the website and I would be very happy to answer them for you. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of HR Coffee Time. I'm your host, Faye Wallace, a career coach and outplacement specialist with a background in HR, and I'm also the founder of Bright Sky Career Coaching. I've made this podcast especially for you to help you have a successful and fulfilling HR career without working yourself into the ground. This is the second in a short series of episodes about making a success of your new HR leadership role. The first episode in the series was episode 23, and if you listen to it, you'll know that I promised to share a framework that I've created for you to use when you're settling into your new role. So that's what I'm about to do. The framework was originally going to be called the five P's because it had five words in it that began with P, but I've added in an extra sixth P, renamed it and altered the format slightly. It's now called an HR strategy shaping interview template. And it's something you can use to build your relationships in your new role, quickly get up to speed on the key information you need to create an HR strategy that has an impact and build trust and show everyone that you know what you're doing. I've created a free version of the template for you, which I'll link to in the show notes and which you'll get automatically if you're subscribed to receive my free weekly HR Coffee Time emails. If you're not subscribed, don't worry, I'll pop a link for that in the show notes too. Let me start off by quickly touching on what it means to be strategic. I know this word can feel a bit daunting, but really having a strategy just means having a plan. And the aim of that plan is to help the organisation you work for to succeed. So to be strategic means coming up with a well thought through and well informed plan. 
One of the worst things you can probably do when starting a new job is to stroll in and start telling everyone what they're doing wrong, how your last company did it differently and better, and how you're going to fix everything. It's a surefire way to build up resentment and get off to a bad start. Now, it probably feels like common sense not to do this, but we will all have encountered someone at work who behaved like this, so I do think it's something that's worth mentioning and to be aware of. Because the thing with this attitude is that the person usually has really good intentions. They're not doing this to be difficult or to intentionally rub everyone up the wrong way. In fact, they want to make a great impression and show their boss that they've hired the right person for the role, so they think they need to prove straight away that they have value to add by making big changes and picking holes in the way things are currently done so they can bring in improvements. There are lots of problems with this approach, but the main one is that the person hasn't taken the time to get to know everyone, to learn from them and to understand why things are done in the way they are, to properly check how things work, what's been tried before, and where opportunities that may not be obvious at first lay. It's impossible to come up with a truly effective HR strategy without having formed a picture of all of this first. But the challenge is how to do this, which is where the HR strategy shaping interview template comes in. The idea behind it is to ask to sit down with people throughout the organisation individually or in groups to learn more about them, more about the organisation and where there are opportunities and ideas that can help shape your HR strategy. The template has six areas of focus, which are the six P's that I keep mentioning. And these are products and services, performance, priorities, processes, pressures and power. That's a tongue twister for me. It's taken a few goes to get that right. On the template are a series of suggested questions to ask around each of these six P areas of focus with space for making notes of what the person you're speaking to tells you. I mentioned in episode 23 how important it is to develop relationships up, down and across the organisation and that many leaders get tripped up when they only focus on building relationships with their boss and their immediate team. So to make the most out of the HR strategy shaping interview template, I'd like to encourage you to set up one-to-ones with your immediate team and your boss and explain that you'd love the opportunity to learn from them about the organisation and where they feel the HR team could be adding the most value. If you have time, it would also be great for you to arrange one-to-ones that use the template with the rest of the senior leadership team that you either report into or are part of, and to also use it in a group format, so sitting down with other departments as a group to learn what's going on horizontally and downwards throughout the organisation. An easy way of setting up the group interviews is to ask if you can just sit in on one of their regular team meetings and be given some dedicated time to speak at the end of the meeting. To help you visualise the template, let me share the three example questions that sit alongside the first P, which is products and services. So the first question is, which products and services does the organisation offer? 
This may seem blindingly obvious, and you may think you should already know this, but depending on the size of the organisation and the depth that your job interviews and research prior to joining was, whether this is a whole new sector for you that you're working in, there may well be products and services that you're not aware of yet. The second question is, which products and services is your team responsible for? And these will be internal as well as external products and services. So for example, the finance team may share with you that financial planning, cash flow management and risk management services are all part of the services they provide for the organisation, which could then open up a further discussion about the challenges they have around this. You'll be able to probe into any of this stuff further with the other P's that we're going to talk about later. The third question is, which of your products and services interact with the HR team or need input from the HR team? There is nothing worse than starting a new job and finding out everyone has assumed that you knew you had to contribute to a key report or having to scrabble around at the last minute to make sure that a process is completed that you hadn't been told your team needs to be part of. So this is a good opportunity to try and nip any of this from happening in the bud. And of course, these questions can be changed to suit you. So if there are other questions you'd like to use instead, just add them in or swap them around. This isn't a template to be slavishly followed to the letter. It's a tool to help you. So adapt it in the way that works best for you. The main purpose of the tool is to help you listen and learn. Active listening is a key leadership and communication skill. And this means really listening to what the people around you have to say. Most of us are terrible listeners. We think we're listening, but we're often just waiting to be able to voice our own opinion or share our own experiences when we're having a conversation. I know that when I did my coach training, active listening is the foundational skill needed for coaching, and I found it much harder to get the hang of than I thought I would. But I soon learnt that the more you listen, the more you understand, and the deeper a relationship you can build with the person that you're interacting with. People aren't used to being listened to carefully, especially not by senior leadership. By giving them this time and attention, you're showing them that you respect them and you're genuinely interested in their input, so you're able to build trust. Something that is crucial to maintain to be a strong leader. You'll also be able to learn a huge amount from them, so their input will help to shape your HR strategy. Then, when you can go back to them at a later date and explain how their input shaped your strategy, you're going to demonstrate to them that you have listened, you have taken their ideas on board, that you respect them, and that you're a leader to be trusted who knows what they're doing. Coming back to the structure of the template, as I mentioned earlier, next to the questions is a notes section for you to jot down what people tell you. Some of the questions and focuses that make up the template may seem slightly obvious to you, and you may have already been planning on asking them, in which case, this is great news, we're both on the same page. However, even if you were planning on setting up chats and asking a lot of these questions anyway, I'd still encourage you to use the template, especially this notes section, because you'll be speaking to so many people and learning so much in your first few weeks on the job that it will just be impossible for you to remember everything. 
By asking set questions and jotting down what people tell you, it will be much easier for you to spot themes, trends and opportunities for being strategic in your new HR leadership role. I'll quickly read through all the other questions for you in case you don't have the template in front of you so you know what they are. So the second P is performance and the questions that are next to this focus are how do you think the organisation and your team is performing? What are you proudest of achieving? What key metrics, measures or KPIs are in place? How do you think the HR team is performing? What would help to improve performance? The third P is priorities and the questions around this are what are the organisation's priorities and your team's priorities? What are your personal priorities for your career? What are you most interested in? What do you think the priorities should be? The fourth P is processes. Which key organisational processes do I need to be aware of? Which processes are your team involved in or take the lead on? What are the challenges that these processes bring? Which processes, including HR processes, could be improved and how? The fifth P is pressures. What pressures is the organisation under? What pressures affect your team? Is there a particular time of year or a process that impacts this? And the sixth and final P is power. How do things get done in this organisation? Who are the key influencers in this organisation? Who is it important I speak to next to make sure that I create an effective HR strategy? Now, there is so much more detail I could have gone into when reading through these questions. I could explain exactly why I've chosen each one. I could talk you through supplementary or complementary questions you could ask, but it would make this episode far too long. So I'll stop there. But if you have any questions or thoughts regarding the template that you'd like to share with me or ask me, please always feel free to get in touch. I love hearing from anyone who listens to the podcast. So you can always get in touch with me through LinkedIn or by emailing me at hello at brightskycareercoaching.co.uk. This is such a new framework that I've created that I would love to have feedback on it so I can tweak and improve it going forward or hear how it's working if it's helped you. But coming back to the template again, once you've finished holding an HR strategy shaping interview, you'll see there is a second page of the template for you to complete. On here are three columns which are titled quick wins, longer term goals, and finally, ideas to put on the back burner. Pretty much anyone who advises on succeeding in a new role, whatever the level is of that role, recommends that you start by identifying some quick wins. These are changes that are easy and fairly painless to implement and obviously change things for the better. It's a great idea to identify and implement some quick wins early into your role so that you have an impact straight away and everyone around you can see that you're doing a great job. So to help bring this to life, I thought I would share an example of a very quick win that I had in my last HR role. I was responsible for internal recruitment and we hired a lot of contractors who often traveled for miles to get to work each day. 
it was pre-pandemic, many years before the pandemic, so everyone came into the office pretty much every day. And many of these contractors even rented rooms to stay in during the week and then drove home to their families at the weekend. And one of the main hiring managers for these contractors told me that he thought it would be a big support for helping these contractors to feel settled and not quit and leave after a few weeks of finding the distance from their families too much of a challenge if we put together a pack for them, introducing the local area with suggestions of things to see and do, as well as pointing out where all the essential services were. So things like the local hospitals and supermarkets. Now, I was absolutely rushed off my feet in this new role. We had so much hiring to do, it felt like I never had a spare second, but I could see how important this was to the hiring manager. And it wasn't often that we had suggestions like this put to the HR team. I knew that putting the information together could genuinely help the business by retaining and supporting the contractors we were using. They were filling vital roles that required specialist knowledge and training. They were hard to find and hard to hire. So losing any of them partway into their contract had a big knock-on effect to the programmes that the organisation had running and that they were part of. One of the benefits of having a recruitment-focused role was that I was involved in interviewing candidates and I knew that one of our recent hires had an active social life and was keen to be involved in projects outside of her function. She also had more time than I did. <laughs> so I asked her how she'd feel about putting something together. I knew that she knew of loads of things that the contractors may be interested in doing, whether that was places to go, restaurants to eat at, shows to watch. She was thrilled that I'd asked her and I was unbelievably impressed with what she created. She approached the task completely differently to how I would have done and created a fantastic resource for our contractors in hardly any time at all. When I was then able to go back to the hiring manager and explain what we'd done, he was nearly speechless. I was really taken aback because I hadn't expected that reaction. He told me that he had low expectations of our team which wasn't great to hear, because he knew that we were maxed out with work. And so he hadn't expected me to listen to his idea or do anything about it. Now, he may only have been one person, but it only takes a few instances like this of doing these quick wins for word to start to spread that you're someone who listens and someone who gets things done. So once you've held each HR strategy shaping interview, Note down any possible quick wins that you've identified. Put anything else that feels like it would have a significantly positive impact, but may be much harder and more time-consuming to implement in the longer-term goals section. That is the section that is going to shape your HR strategy. And any other ideas that don't feel like quick wins or don't feel important enough to start actioning, put those into the ideas to put on the back burner section. You can always come back to them later. Once you've finished all your interviews, you can then start to pull your HR strategy together. You'll probably want to turn to other resources and sources of information to help you. So make sure that you dig into the metrics and reporting and engagement survey results if you have them to ensure that you're prioritising the most impactful and important goals. 
you can also use the lens of the six P's to help you assess the key products, services and areas of influence that sit within HR. And this is where your HR planner can come in useful as well. Whether you have the hardback version of the planner or the free PDF version, there's a list in there of the key HR topics and areas of influence, including things like benefits, equality, diversity and inclusion, management development and support, resourcing, well-being and succession planning. Then on the next page, there's a visual representation of the employee life cycle, taking you through the nine stages of attraction, recruitment, onboarding, development, life events like marriage, parenthood, illness and bereavement, retention, reward, separation and alumni. You can view what's currently in place through the lens of performance, priorities, processes, pressures and power. So let's take recruitment for example. Looking at it through the lens of performance, how easy is it proving to fill roles? What's the average time to hire a new person? What feedback are you receiving from candidates who have recently been through the recruitment process? And what's the feedback from internal hiring managers like? How much has it been costing the business to recruit new hires? Then looking at it through the lens of priorities, what are the recruitment priorities for the organisation? Are these priorities being met? For example, is it an organisation with a significant gender pay gap and a lack of women applying for roles? If so, does addressing this need to be a priority and, and how are you going to do that? Looking at it through the lens of processes, you may have already uncovered some potential process improvements when looking at it through the performance lens, but see if there's a clear process mapped out and whether any improvements can be identified. Looking at it through the lens of pressures, what pressure is recruitment under? Is there stiff competition for roles? Has there been a hiring freeze? Is the team well enough resourced with recruitment specialists? There are any numbers of pressures that may be happening. And then finally, looking at it through the lens of power. Who has traditionally set recruitment budgets? Who has an input into them? Who signs off on final recruitment decisions? And if this is starting to feel overwhelming, the idea of looking at each area in detail, it doesn't have to be. You don't need to have audited every single thing that I've mentioned. Use your judgment and use your learnings from holding those HR strategy shaping interviews and other research about what the organisation's biggest priorities are going forward and then you can drill down. You might also find it helpful to use another strategic planning tool alongside this, like a SWOT analysis or a PESEL analysis, before you finalise your strategy. It's completely up to you as to how you take your next steps, but you can be sure that you've done your research, you've built relationships and you've established trust by holding these HR strategy shaping interviews and importantly, reporting back to everyone to tell them what you've implemented or what you have fed into the strategy and thanking them for their input. If you go ahead and put any of these ideas to use, if you decide that you would like to start using HR strategy shaping interviews, please do let me know. I would absolutely love to hear how you get on. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. There's a video in the show notes that shows you how to rate and review it in Apple Podcasts if you're not sure how to. 
I would love to be able to help more people within the HR community with the free career tips that the episodes provide and rating and reviewing the podcast leads to Apple and Spotify suggesting it to more people, which would be wonderful. And if you do leave it a rating and review, please do let me know so I can say a proper thank you.